Okay, today's Shaila is as follows. So you have a beautiful uh, yeshiva someplace in Yushalayim. And uh, like any yeshiva, the Bachim need to get haircuts. So they had this, uh, one of the Bachim, Shmuel, learned how to give haircuts. And he was the uh, barber of the yeshiva. And he wasn't the best barber, but uh, he did the job. And he uh, charged a high price for it. But, uh, you know, it was a great, great business he had. And he was making a lot of money. And one day, one of the other Bachim got a little upset because uh, the guy was charging an arm and leg for a haircut that wasn't very good. So he decided to go to uh, some other uh, well-known barber, his name was Tzviki, to bring Tzviki into the yeshiva and have Tzviki give uh, haircuts to him. So he got a haircut from Tzviki. Tzviki was less, uh, uh, less costly. He was a, a higher professional level, level type of barber. So slowly but surely, everyone started to leave the, the bacher, the, uh, uh, the original barber, and went to Tzviki, who uh, charged much cheaper and gave a much better haircut. The uh, bacher, the original barber, was very upset. This is my property, this is my area, this is my uh, business here. You're coming, you're putting me out of business. This is unfair, it's not right. You can't just put me out of business. Who are you? You're not part of the yeshiva. We're part of the yeshiva here. You can't come from out of town and open up shop here. So that was the taina he had, to which Tzviki said back, no, number one is, the first taina I have for you is that you don't own these guys, right? They're not yours. They're not your clients that you own. Who says I can't be any competition? Number one. Number two is, they told me you're giving a bad haircut. So therefore, I'm giving a better product than you, and therefore, I have every right to open up shop. They brought me in here, and I am going to continue to give haircuts as I please. So they went to Besden. That was the shot. Does the original barber have the right to prevent the barber Tzviki to open up shop in the yeshiva? So there are going to be three components we're going to break down in this question. Number one is, who has the right to open up a storefront in a particular town? It's a, it's a strange uh, question, but you see the Gemaras talk about it. I mean, if I live in, let's say, Great Neck, could I come open up a store in Cedars? Is that allowed? Do you have to live in the community in order to open up? That's one question, which again seems strange to us. What would the question be? But the Gemara goes through that, number one. Number two is, can you take a person's clients away? Do you have the right to steal a person's clients? And number three is, can you affect a person's parnasa? Those are the three different elements we're going to investigate. So let's look at the first topic. Uh, it's interesting, it comes right after the Shira of Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. But a lot of things we're doing are Shira B'dachim. Can you take a person's parnasa away? Can you affect his, uh, his bottom line? Or not? Is there any head there for that? So let's first attack the first question, which doesn't seem like a very strong question in our world, but who has the right to open up a store? You go on Central Avenue, who has the right to go or rent space from the landlord? Is anybody allowed to, or is it specific to those who live there? Listen, I'm a you know, mom and pop shop, I live down the block, and who are you to come from uh, Manhattan and open up your big store, uh, Costco, and take out my, uh, my business? Is that allowed? Can you do such things? So it sounds strange, but we'll see the Gemara goes through some of these topics, and we'll see the answer, of course, will be yes, you can open up uh, wherever you are, no matter where you live. But let's just go through the Gemara. So look at the page number one, the Gemara Barbasar Daf Chof Alf Amid Bez. The Gemara here is talking about where one individual showed up to open up a competing store and he's putting a guy out of the business. So the Gemara had presented before the brackets, the Gemara said there was a position of Rav Huna who said a, a competitor cannot open near you, near the already existing business, because it's, uh, it's uh, preventing him from making a proper parnasa. So the Gemara says in the brackets, it's really a tanaihi, it's a machlokas found in the brysa. The Tanya, the Brisa says, Kofin b'nei mevoos zelazet. Just to know how it's set up back then, the neighborhoods were set up, there were, uh, you know, people living in a chatzer, and then there was a mavoy, which is an alleyway. There were different, like, neighborhoods. 
a mother was kind of like a neighborhood, and then there were cities. So in a city, there are many neighborhoods in a city. So the halach is, if you live in one neighborhood, you could prevent someone else from a different neighborhood from opening up in your neighborhood. So if you live in, let's say, Woodmere, I could prevent a guy from Cedarhurst from opening up shop in Woodmere. That's according to the first opinion. Again, kofin You could prevent a guy from opening up another tailor shop. If a guy wants to open up a leather tanning store, another yeshiva, or any other type of profession, so you could stop an adjacent mavoy, uh, a neighborhood, from opening up in my neighborhood. But a person who lives within my neighborhood, in my very, in Woodmere, in Kofi, you can't uh, prevent your neighbor from opening up a competing store. That's allowed. Comes along, even your neighbor, you might live in the same exact neighborhood, but if he wants to open up another shoe store, I own a shoe store, he wants to open up a competing shoe store, Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel says, you could stop him. He can't, uh, can't compete with me. So it comes along now, Amar of Huna, Bredir of Yeshua, Pshitali, it's obvious to me, Barmasa, Masa is a city. Barmasa, Barmasa, one city to a next city, Acharisi, Matzim Akif. I'm allowed to stop a guy who lives in Great Neck from opening up a shop in my city. Two different cities. He has no rights to, to bring a, another store in my city. However, Ishayich Bekarga, if he pays the city taxes, even though he lives elsewhere, then he'd be allowed to Because if he pays the taxes, even though he may not be living here in Cedarhurst or Woodmere, but if he pays the taxes, the uh, town helps the taxes, he's considered as if he's living here. That's allowed. But Bar Mevoa, a Bar Mevoa, but from two neighborhoods, not cities, two neighborhoods, uh, then uh, the din is lo uh, if you can't stop the guy. So that's the halacha. So right now, um, the din is two cities, you could stop a guy from another city. From two neighborhoods, you can't stop a guy from two neighborhoods. He can't open up if you live near each other. That's the basic cloud. Well, well, let's get to the halacha. So take a look now at page number two, the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch writes in the brackets on the top here, Let's say there's a uh, a guy opened up a shoe store, let's say, and no one stopped him. I mean, there's some, it sounds like there's some residential areas you can't open up stores. People want just houses. I don't want a store here. But once they decide we're going to have a dedicated block, a central avenue, a main avenue for stores, so they let people start opening up stores. So then, there was a bathhouse. Oh, there was a storefront. Oh, Rechaim, there was a, a mill uh, uh, factory. And another guy says, I want to open up a Merchatz Acheres, a competing bathhouse. Kinegdo, right nearby. Or another milf manufacturer. Going to the next line now. You can't prevent the competitor from opening up. And tell him, you're preventing my, my parnasa. I need to make a living here. Even if he's from an adjacent neighborhood. In other words, once the town agreed that we're going to have a shoe store, they agreed we're going to have a pizza store, we're going to have a clothing store. Once that's something that they allowed, then as many people live in the neighborhood or even the adjacent neighborhood could open up as many competing stores as they want. That's the cloud. 
Now, if you go down to the bottom, last paragraph of the Shulchan Aruch in the brackets, Aval Gar, Mimedina Acheres, you come from another country or another city, I have my shoe store. And who's this guy coming from New Jersey to open up a shoe store next to mine? I already have a very successful bathhouse. And you're coming from uh, California to open up another bathhouse? You're allowed to stop this guy because he's not a resident. Only residents have the right to open up a store. But living out of state, out of country, that's not allowed. However, the one caveat is, if the guy from California wants to pay the taxes, unclear whether it's real estate taxes, sales taxes, but some type of taxes, so then, I can't stop him. He's paying the government. The king has the right to decide. The governor has the right to decide who's going to open up shop. So therefore, once he pays the taxes, he's allowed in, even though he might be coming from out of state. The Ramah argues. The Ramah argues and says, even if he pays the taxes, he's not allowed to open up a shop if he's outside of the neighborhood. The one, me, who owns the shoe store, I could say to him, don't come into my property. You're an iracharis. So that's the cloud right now. What comes out is only residents are able to open up shop in a community and non-residents, only if they pay taxes according to the Svardim, according to Ashkenazim, even if they pay taxes, they still cannot open up a competition in a place where they don't live. That's the uh, starting point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the So the the explanation is there are a few different explanations. Uh, there are three. I'll share two that I understand at least. One is by you paying taxes, you're considered as if you dwell in this area. That's one approach. Number two. Okay, so that's for the Svartim. That, that that the Svartim, exactly, for Svartim, right. That doesn't explain who cares. In other words, what, what does it mean that you dwell? What is, what, I mean, who has the, this cloud is based on who has rights to open up a store? Only those who live there. What, what makes the, the fact that you dwell or you. Uh, or you have a vested interest in the place have to do with your ability to um, to, to uh, compete. No, because the point is, who's allowed to open up a store? We live in a residential area. We live in a private neighborhood. Uh, you know, we say no stores here. I understand. But, but let's say we take a vote that we want to open stores now. So we all agree. Those who live here, we're going to allow stores to be open. So now you pay Why taxes. Does that, what does that become a criteria? I'm just trying to get to the USO. I thought I explained the USO. I mean, if you live there... By paying taxes, why, you can do living there. Why does living there allow Make you? I just, I just said, you cut me off. Let me finish then. Again, who has the right to open up a store? We have our community. So we decide the rules here. So we decide we're going to open up a store. So you're, you're making a rule that really has no basis? In other words, you don't have any reason behind it? No, we want a part of We want accessibility to a clothing store, to a pizza store. I'm trying to understand why, how does that, what is that, what is that, I'm trying to get to the, 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 the point of it. I think I answered. I'm not sure if uh, other people. Yeah, but, right. You're concerned more if you already have one store, can you open the competitors? That's right. That's what you're dealing with. Right. Number two, um, the Swadim, you're saying, allow that if you pay the taxes, Ashkenazim say no. Exactly. They say no. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. What's the source? The source. This, based on, there's no source in the Torah. 
It's based on a lot of the Hilchas Nezikin and damages is based on understandings of the people. Okay. Yeah. So now the second Svara, just to answer your question, even though you're not the first answer, but the second answer, I answer it anyways. The second Svara is that by paying taxes, it's not because you're considered living there. You're not a resident. I live in California. But when you pay taxes to the king or the governor, they make the decisions, not the ones living there, but the king makes the decision. If you pay me as a king, I give whoever lives in my land the right to open up a business. So it's either paying to the king or buying rights to be one of the residents, and therefore you have rights to open a business. So those are the two reasons why taxes might make a difference. But it comes down to the Svardim. Say taxes allow you to open up at a resident. Ashkenazim say paying taxes doesn't help. Why? Well, what's the difference? Where do they differ? I know they differ in the outcome, but what is they basing the difference? The, the other approach would be that in the end of the day, you don't live here. And even though you pay taxes, you're not living in our community here. And therefore, you shouldn't have a right to open up and compete with people who actually live here all the time. And Svartim say? Svartim say, no, by paying taxes, you're considered as if you live here. Or paying taxes, you paid off the king, and king has really the right to decide who can open up shop here. In a way, who one's can. saying it's up to the government, yeah. and one's right. saying it's up that's to the right. residents. Exactly, yeah, that's the point. That's yeah, the exactly, yeah. So if you think yeah. you so, what, is, what is living here have to do with opening the shop? Because really what you're saying, it affects in, in the both neighbor. of your cases, has to do with something about living here. Yeah, which I thought I said, but, but not that was unclear then. But again, why, why do you care? As, if you're somebody who lives here, and you wanted to make up rules of who's allowed to open up a place, why would it make importance to you that somebody has to live there in order to do it? So I was asking my family over here, and they were turning around, well, because we figure that somebody who lives here is not going to try to rip us off. Or somebody who lives here is going to have the best product, is going to try, since we live together, they're going to care more about us. Now, that could be a svar, or it could be a svar that... I'm trying to understand the... the, the, the no, just because you made up a rule doesn't mean it makes sense. Okay, or you could want to help your neighbors out. I mean, I want to help my neighbors. I don't know this guy. He's uh, nothing to do with me. I'd rather help my neighbor make a pronouns as opposed to the guy living across the country. Unless the other guy so. has a better quality product for a lower right. price. Then all of a sudden you start thinking about yourself. Yeah, yeah, you. yeah. The better quality, uh, you know, uh, better quality product could uh, change the uh, change the whole uh, equation might, for sure. That might mean the person doesn't have to live here. Okay, so that's the first topic in terms of whether who has the right to open up shop, do you have to be a resident or live out, out of state would be allowed as well. Halach Lamaisi, the post will say this is no longer relevant. No one's mockbit on this. It's not practice. No one in Cedar says if you live in Great Neck or California, you can't open up a shop. No government's going to stop a person. And therefore, it's certainly common practice that where you live makes no difference of where you open up shop. So that question is really out of the picture. Now, the second topic is... Because that's the practice. Many of the of Hilchas and Zikin goes based on what's commonly done. What's the Minaga Olam? And since we don't find the place that, uh, you know, it could be if a, if a town makes a rule that only if you live here, could you open, that would exist. But so long as that rule doesn't exist, it has not been accepted. So there are no restrictions of who could open up shop. Now, the second question is taking a person's clients away. Is there a violation of taking someone else's clients? So it's based on the Gemara. The Gemara talks about, let's say I'm going fishing. And the fish are coming to my bait. And then another guy comes up and goes right next to me and puts his bait and the fish start going to his side now. The Gemara says that's a problem of stealing my, my produce, stealing my, uh, my, my parnasa. So there are a few reasons as to why is that considered taking away the fish. So Rashi says, because once the fish were headed towards my bait, it's as if it's in my possession, even though it's not yet, but it's as if it's in my possession Ramban says, no, it's only if I actually caught them in my net. 
and then he takes it from my net. But if the fish are going to me, and then he reroutes them elsewhere, that's not calling taking a guy's product or client, if you will, or, or produce or whatever he's collecting. So that's the starting point of this, uh, this uh, story of the, the fish. But this is a very weak question, because fish have no real decision-making. And uh, fish in the net, that's considered, according to Ramban, that's considered caught already. But people, as my clients... They have every right to decide where to go. I don't own my clients. I provide a service to them. I help them out. Uh, you know, they might be patients or might be, uh, you know, businessmen. Or my, but, but I don't own them. They have a DAS to go wherever they want. Just because I've been servicing them for 15 years, I might not be happy with my competitor. But if he's providing a better product, a better service, cheaper prices, that's how business works. So I can't claim rights that I have buyless ownership over them. I'd like to possibly, <laughs> I would like to possibly his time. Mm-hmm. If you have these clients, or these people, or whatever, and you're at 100 Central Ave, and you're going to open up specifically where 102 Central, right? And you're appealing to the same Hebra, I would take umbrage, and I would probably go to. Based on what grounds, though? The grounds are that you're not being right. It's just not being right. But what I'm saying, it's not a nice thing to do. I agree. But what you're probably trying to get at, which is the next question of, it's taking Parnassa away. You don't care about this client. The client means money to you. That's the next... Exactly. That's that's the next point. In terms of owning clients, I have no ownership over a client. We know that. We're going to get to the money part in a second, which is really why what bothers you. If you're losing the money, not the client. I mean, I have a nice relationship with the guy. Losing the client. I mean, there's plenty of places you think you're a starter. Open up your office. Open it up. Uh, right. But uh, we're going to get to the money piece. We're just breaking it down to the different elements. All right. In terms of ownership of clients, we can't bring a proof from the fish that you own the fish because they're the fish. They're my net. I don't net a client. Um, you know, it doesn't exist. Now, if there are contracts that are broken, if you have to, you know, go to this guy, then you break the contract, that might be a different story. But just servicing as a, as a patient, as whatever they might be, whatever profession, there's no question of stealing clients. Going back to answer question number one, what is Rashus Rabim versus Rashus Yafid, like it is in the case of the yeshiva? This is not a central avenue. This is a, a private yeshiva. So that might be a different situation. But how is the Rishis Rabbi Rishis Yachid uh, relevant here in this case? Because you have to pay to be in the yeshiva, to be a member of the town. Could you equate that with the taxes? But this guy's not paying the taxes. Oh, oh, oh. so you're saying, so now we're, what is considered the municipality of the yeshiva, let's yeah. say? So we're gonna, at the end, we're going to see that in terms of yeshivas, the way things are done, uh, that uh, whoever they allow to come in, there are no rules. Like, whoever you bring in, uh, there's no like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, 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 that does not become a relevant factor. Because there are cases, like, let's say it's a gym, right. it's, a, it's a private oh, company. So, so then they, they make the rules. Yeah, yeah. So then you, if you have your private rules, you have a, which vendors could come in only but selling, then coming outside and uh, stuff. Yeshiva's not. Yeshiva, they say whoever, <laughs> well, even if it is, they allow the guy to come in, you might need permission. But that's a good question. What's the municipality, what's the yeah. rule making of the yeshiva in their, you know, little bubble? So either we addressed who's allowed to open up shop, anyone could open up shop. The yeshiva rules, seemingly there are no rules by the yeshiva. Second point is there's no concern of stealing clients. 
stealing fish, stealing uh, other a- objects would be a problem, but not stealing clients. Um, just to note, um, stealing an employee is a different question, a very interesting question. What do they call yeah. it now? There's a word for it. That's stealing. Poaching. Poaching, okay. It's poaching. Okay, so that, that's a question of how that works, stealing an employee or employee going to another employee. That's a, but we're talking about clients right now. So uh, these clients is uh, not of concern. But the third point, which is the big factor, is where it affects the bottom line, where your bottom line is going to be changed now and altered um, because of the competition. That's the biggest question when it comes to competition in general. So take a look. Get better, no? At uh, <laughs> oh, so that, that's part. That's how uh, business works. Exactly. We want uh, uh, we want that. So take a look at page number three, the top line. It's a base Yosef quoting from an interesting case by the Mordechai. The Mordechai says the top line: of a Mordechai umavoy hasasim mishloshet zadim. Let's say you have a a, a a dead end. Imagine you have a dead end type of office space. So you come in. The dead end, and their offices, and at the end of the dead end, there's a nice, let's call it a shoe store. I don't know why I chose a shoe store, but the shoe store is at the end. Now, a guy decides to open up a competing shoe store towards the entrance now. Well, if you have gas stations, you know, the gas stations all the time. So, like, the one that comes closer to the, you know, getting on the uh, highway. highway. So, like, that, that one, they're, like, blocking the other gas station now. So, what happens? You have the Shloshet Stud on three sides, the dead end. Rock Bitzarechad, one opening, everyone goes to that main entrance. Ruven lives by the dead end, which is usually a plus to live by the dead end. You play basketball there, there are no cars. When it comes to opening up a storefront, that's not a good place. Shimon, Shimon comes, Shimon decides to buy a property at the entrance into this dead end. That doesn't make a difference right now. You can't walk to the dead end. You have to pass Shimon's storefront before you get to Ruven's storefront. He quotes from the Aviyasa for one of the Rishonim that says, you're allowed to, Ruven could stop Shimon from opening up his storefront because he's blocking the traffic to come to him. That's what the Aviyasa said. Blocking it, um, he's distracting it. Okay. Not literally. Not, not literally blocking it, but still it's, it's going to pose a great difficulty for Ruven to keep a good pranasa. Venira says the Mordechai himself, he comments, the Aviyasov, that Rishon, the Aviyasov, that was his name, Savar, Dilo, Kiravahuna, Braid Yavishu in our Gemara. The Imkain, because we said Ravuna Braid Yavishu, and Babasa says anybody could open up. If as long as you live there, there were no restrictions of where you open up. If you're a resident, you could open up a shop. Shimon bought a great location. He's a smart businessman. So there's no restrictions according to the Mordechai. Imkain, Lididan, according to us, the Kaimalan we hold, Kiravahuna, you can't stop him. In other words, competition, there's no blocking competition. That's how that Mordechai says. There's no blocking competition, even if it affects Shimon's or Ruvain's shoe store, his Parnassah. Now, if you take a look at the next piece, the Darchen Moshe, who's the Ramah? The Ramah writes, and I'll tell you an interesting uh, case, the Ramah himself had a Allah Lamaisa. The Ramah writes in Darchen Moshe, according to my humble opinion, near it appears. The Gam Rav Huna, the Rav Yeshua, even though in general, Ravuna allows competition. He allows people to open up competing stores. He's mode, he admits there's one case where you can block your competition. Baha'i Dina, this case, Techanus, Tehaya Shimon, Yosheba Pesach, where Shimon's storefront is at the entranceway, the only entranceway to access Ruven's store, 
There's no one who could get to Ruvain's store without first That is unfair business, unfair competition, says Rama. And even a court of Huna Bray would admit you can block such competition. So there are points of what's considered unfair competition. Now, the Ramah had a tshuva. It's in the next page, but it's hard to see, so I won't even try to read it inside. The tshuva's Ramah was talking about a, maisa, a halach la case, the Ramami Pano. Ramami Pano, no, is that what? No, sorry. The Maram Padava. Maram Padava was a great Rav. He also was in the business of uh, um, printing. He was a printing press. And he was printing uh, Svarma of the Rambam. And then, apparently, a guy decided to do the same thing, compete with him, better prices, and knock him out. A business. So, was he allowed to? Now, the Ramah was assuming, he's going to an interesting discussion, that we know one of the Shev Mitzvah B'nai Noach, that the B'nai Noach have to keep is Dinim. They have to have a court system. So, they have to follow the rules. So, assuming the Goyim will listen to our Dinim, our rules, the rule is, says the Ramah, that although... The, our, our rule. He's talking about our rules, the Jewish rules. If they, if, that, if they were to listen, if they lived in our area, Ramah lived in Krakow, following our rules here, so then the Halach is as follows. That although competition is allowed, and it's perhaps encouraged, it creates better business, better service, better products, it's only true if it's going to affect the other initial owner, it will affect him in, uh, somewhat, the bottom line will be changed, will be less. But if the competition is going to put him out of business, and he'll have no parnasa anymore, says the Ramah, it, you, you will be usher for the competitor to open up, you could block him. So since in this particular case, says the Ramah, where the Goy was printing the Rambams, it's going to put the Marama Padava out of business, Ramah said you could block him from opening up. Therefore, it comes up all the time, we have a Baruch Hashem, a thriving Jewish community in the five towns with many pizza stores. So this always comes up, well, once one pizza store is open, how could you open up a second pizza store? And the investigation and research that the Bati Dinam and the Dinam have to look into is, can this community, can they keep both, can they uh, provide to both stores? Can they keep them both running? So long as, I don't know how they do the statistics and the assessments, but so long as they can assess that there's enough people to go around to make sure all the pizza stores are making a panasa, you're allowed to open up. Now, even though the first guy's going to lose money, he's not going to make the same amount of money that he did when he had the monopoly, he's going to lose some, but that's how business works. You're allowed to open up competition. And therefore, going back to our initial case in the bottom line here, the lacha is uh, that Tzviki, the barber, is allowed to open up shop in yeshiva. He says, uh, number one is he's providing a better product. His haircuts were much better than the other guy. Number two is uh, he didn't bring himself in. They brought him in the Bachamon and they chose it. Yeah, it's a fact. The fact that they, they brought him in, they said, they chose. I wasn't poaching, even though it's not quite poaching. I wasn't trying to step on your toes. They wanted me to come here. Now, even though you don't really need that factor, it just adds in. Yeah, it's not needed, but adds into the svar. Listen, the guys didn't want you. I'm sorry to say, you weren't good at what you did. They wanted me. I'm a better doctor. I'm a better dentist. I'm a better whatever it is. They asked me to come in. But also, since this competition, and there's enough to go around, even if it puts the initial guy out of business, though, it seems, this would still be allowed because since they brought Tzviki in, they wanted this. It's, no, it's not fair for them to be stuck, for the clients to be stuck with bad business that, uh, I don't know, let's say you go in an out-of-town community. It's a very small community and they have a one restaurant. And the restaurant is, let's say, really, it's a really bad restaurant. So now you can't open a competition. It's not fair to the people living there. We want good food. I want good steak. I want good pizza. 
We have to have this guy who, who gives me cardboard for pizza. I want good food. Too bad. You're stuck. That's it. No, that's not fair. If the clients, the residents living there say, we want to bring in this pizza store. They have good quality food. They shouldn't be held uh, uh, in jail because of this. And therefore, for all these reasons, Tzvika has every right to go to the yeshiva and give these, uh, these haircuts. So when really is a case where you can't stop? Because there seems to be exceptions. 